Get in the van. You don't understand. I got this. I got that. So what? The king's paying for everything. I'm telling you, everything is ready. The food is set. All you got to do is get in here and agree to be changed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Today, bind your spirit. Thank you that you will lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Thank you, Father, that every hindrance has been removed We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that the rough places have been made smooth, the crooked places have been made straight. We thank you, Lord, for bringing low every mountain. We thank you, Father, today that you will speak to us. Lord, you are my strength. And great Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. You are the teacher. Have your way. Speak to your people this day. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we said, today we're going to be um, speaking from the uh, subject of, or the new series entitled, The Long Way Home. The Long Way Home. Long Way Home. Now, we've, we've got a quite, quite a bit to do uh, in this series, so this is part number one of that. And really, the purpose of this series is, number one, to restore fallen man into a relationship with God, into a loving relationship with, with God through Uh, believing in Jesus Christ our Lord. We believe that the only way that man can come into agreement with God is through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There is no other way uh, whereby given among men in the earth whereby we must be saved other than through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And we're going to talk about that uh, during this series. So the first first purpose of this series is to restore fallen man back into relationship with God through uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. Secondly, the purpose of this series is to uh, restore uh, those who say that they are believers, to restore the matured believer into a deeper walk with God, a deeper walk with God. So if you say, well, I'm good. I can, I can get out on this one. I'm good. I'm already saved. I'm already saved. Let me, oh boy, I can't wait to get to you. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to get to you. Oh Lord, I can't wait. But it is for you that need to have a deeper walk with God. And let me tell you now from the offset uh, of the series, one of the greatest hindrances to people coming into relationship with God coming to relationship with Christ Jesus, one of the greatest hindrances is one word, religion. Religion. As a, one man once said, religion is the opiate of the masses. Religion. Why is that? Why are you saying? Because Christianity, true Christianity, is not religion. It is a relationship with God. And in religion, don't you know that you can be religious without knowing God? You have a great example of that in the name of Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes in Scripture. They were very religious, but Jesus said they were like whitewashed tombs. They were clean and white on the outside, but inside they were filled with dead men's bones. You can be religious 
and not know Christ. We're going to look at some of that today. So I pray that you're with me in this series. All right, our first verse, uh, our main scripture point we're going to look at. Uh, we're just going to read through it today, and as we're in this series, we're going to go back and really dive into it. I'm telling you, uh, John 3.16. John 3.16. This verse is so powerful, and at least at this moment, it is the center of the Bible for me. John 3.16, because it tells it all, and we're really going to get into this verse, but not today. We're going to go further. But it reads like this, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, what? Should not perish, but? But have everlasting life. Right? All right. The word perish there means to be destroyed. It means to be destroyed, to be doomed, to be rendered useless. Of course, uh, everlasting life talks about life with God, everlasting or eternally. There are two destinations for mankind, two destinations, and God does not pick them. You and I have to choose those destinations. You can either live with him or live without him. And if you want to know whether or not your life, uh, you can even take somewhat of a snapshot right now uh, to determine whether you will live eternity with God or without God. Uh, how you wonder how well how can I um, determine that now or at least what's a good test for it? Well, are you living with Him now or without Him now? Woo, Lord, He got quiet. Matthew twenty-two. Our journey starts here in part number one. Matthew twenty-two. It's really odd that people say I'm going to live with God forever, but you don't live with God now. Are you hearing? Matthew 22, we're going to read verses 1 through 14, and we're going to speak from the subject of a new suit of clothes. New clothes, or a new set of clothes. You're going to have to have new clothes. I should have heard at least some of the ladies say amen on that. (laughs) You're going to have to have new clothes. Matthew 22, verse 1 through 14, and this is how it reads. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parable, saying, rather, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto uh, is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden uh, to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatling are killed, and all things are what? All things are what? All things are what? All things are ready, right? Uh, Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. All right, let me stop there for a second, because if you go back and look also in Luke, the I believe the 14th chapter, you will see uh, this same account there. Luke gives a little bit more information. The people that turned down this offer or this invitation, uh, one, and Luke says, well, I just bought some oxen and I got to go try them out. Right. Another one says, hey, I just got married. And, you know, 
I got to go. You understand. I just get open. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> All right. But um, I just got married and I got to go see about it. So please excuse me. Please excuse me. So we'll see. So we'll see here. There are many reasons why people turn down uh, his offer. One said, I got a farm. In other words, what, what grows on a farm? Food, food, food talks about our desires. I can't go because I have a, a hunger. I have a desire for something else that's not there. So I'm not going to come. One says, well, hey, I just got married. What is that relationship? I can't come into a relationship with you now, God. I can't come and attend because of my relationship. It just doesn't work out for us right now. You go ahead, do what you got to do. Another one says he goes back to his merchandise, money. I can't go, Lord, you know, because if I go, you know, my money's going to be funny. You understand that, right? So I cannot spend that time with you. Please have me excused, either for relationship or either for career, either for money or either for desires. One by one, they turn this invitation down. Everything was ready. Let's read a little bit further, verse number six. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Then say, uh, then uh, saith he to his servants, the wedding is what? Ready. The wedding is what? Ready. The wedding is ready. He says, but they which were bidden were not worthy. All right, stop for a moment. Think about a wedding. Think about a wedding. All the tables are set, right? All the china is out. The silver is out. The, the platters, the cups, everything is decorated so nicely. The streamers, all of that stuff. Think about the wedding. And all the food is there. It's already on those little burner things. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all doing those little burner things and everything is, the steam is coming up and the, the aroma of the, of the fatling. Mm, oh, that fatling smells good today. The, the aroma of the collard greens and, and everything else that's at this wedding. Everything is ready. Just nobody's there. Nobody's there. Those that were originally invited start backing out. And so here's this king who's prepared a wedding feast for his son and those that were ready, supposed to be ready, that he had in, he'd invited in advance, one by one said, you excuse me, right? Right? Remember Jesus said that he came to his own and his own received him, not those that had the law, those that had the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, you know, those who had that refused him. And so, but the wedding is empty. Can you see that empty room? Use your imagination. See that empty room now. Everything is set. The food tables are set. Everything is set. So what happens? So the king says in verse number nine, go ye therefore into the highways and as many as ye shall find bid to the wedding rather bid to the uh, marriage bid to the marriage whoever you find whoever you find right whoever you find in verse number uh, 10 says so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found both what 
bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, everything was ready, right? So those that he found on the streets did not have time to go home and change. They, had, they were taken just as they were. Luke also tells us that some of the people that he found were blind, some were lame. Blind and lame, and some, of course, were poor. And if you look at the word bad there for a second, look at the word bad uh, in, the, in the Greek. You'll find it means full of labors, annoyances, hardships. In the physical sense, it means disease or, or, or blind. In the ethical sense, it means evil, wicked, just somebody just bad, bad. So remember, in John 3, 16, the Lord says, whosoever believeth in him. So listen, when the servants went out to find people, they didn't just get the ones they thought were good. The word good means, uh, in the Greek, it means uh, someone of a good constitution or nature. It means useful, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, honorable. So it would, it would seem to be if you're a good servant and, and you're a servant and the master, the king, has told you to go out and furnish this royal wedding with people, it would seem to be you would want to go out and find somebody that's agreeable, happy. Yeah, you look good. Come on. Somebody's got something together. Oh, yeah, you come on. Come on. Someone that, you know, you, know, you wouldn't look for the, the blind. You probably wouldn't look for the lame. You probably wouldn't look for the poor. You probably wouldn't look for the one who had a, oh, brother, when's the last time you had a bath, dude? You probably wouldn't look for the wino. You, you probably wouldn't look for the prostitute. You probably wouldn't look for any of these people. But a good servant found all of them, both bad and good. The one who was well-respected and the one who wasn't well-respected. He found them all, and they brought them all in the house, and the wedding was now furnished. Now, understand something. Let's look, let's look at the next verse here. Let's look at the next verse, because verse 11 really ties some things at, uh, together as we talk about the new clothes. So I want you to see for a moment. See now, the wedding is fully furnished, but there's something about this furnishing. Look at verse 11. It says, and when the king came in to see the guest, pause it right there for a second. When the king came in to see the guest, the word see there means to behold, to look upon, to view, uh, to view intently, attentively, uh, to really to inspect. All right. The king comes in to inspect the people. All right, so we, knew, we know that everything was ready, right? Food was ready. The atmosphere was set. These people are coming in off of the street to attend this royal wedding. The king comes in to look them over, to check them out. So something has to happen between, them, between the servants pulling them off of the street and their heinies actually hitting the chair. Are you with me? Amen. What has to happen? 
Well, for one reason, one thing is that because the king invited them in, he had to furnish them clothes. He had to give them an opportunity to take a bath, to get their nails done, pedicure, because this was a royal wedding. He had to give them an opportunity to shave, to get a haircut, all of that. They had to, they were coming from the street, not having royal attire, not having regal attire, not having the proper wedding garments. So the king had to provide all of it because he invited them. Are you hearing? Please don't invite me out to lunch and then expect me to pay for it. That's just not right. You invite me out to lunch. It is said that you will pay for it. Praise the Lord. If I invite you, I will pay for it. I will furnish it. And when I take you out to lunch, no, leave your money in your pocket. You don't even have to pay for the tip because I invited you out to lunch. Right? The king invited them in. The man went out and got both bad and good. Both that had money and those that did not have any money. He invited them all in. So the king uh, took the, bur- the, the, the brunt of the responsibility, all of the responsibility, all of it. And so before they sat in those chairs, those royal chairs, the king, uh, before they sat in the chairs, the king would go, all right, now he's inspecting. Oh, hello, friend. How you doing? Oh, look at you. You're looking so nice. Oh, how are you doing? Thank you, King. I had had this, oh, this nice stuff on since 1905. Thank you, King. It's look good on me. It looks so good. Oh, thank you, King. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. The king goes around and he's hit. Now, the Bible says that if you look back at verse number 11 again, look at number 11. It says, and when the king came in to see to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Now, notice it says that he saw there a man. He didn't, the Bible does not say that he found a man. It says he saw not a man. There's a difference between if the Bible had said, if Jesus would have said, the king came in and he found a man, then that would have meant what? That he was looking looking for somebody that was wrong, looking for something, looking for some flaw, looking for something. But no, it says he saw there a man that had not, that didn't have the wedding uh, proper attire. You say, okay, well, what, what's the big deal about that? He didn't have on the, the right clothes because, you know, you, you're going to have to get into the, into the we're going to have to talk about why this man didn't have on the the right type of clothes. But before we do that, let's talk about what the clothes actually represented. And for that, let's go to our board. Well, thank you. Somebody got me. Let's try that again. For that, let's go to our board. There you go. Praise the Lord. I love the sound effects. That's good. So let's talk about, uh, we, we said that the subject is um, new, new clothes. All right, so these clothes, cloths, clothes, these represent uh, three things. Number one, 
clothing represents anybody? Favor, that's correct. Number two, uh, clothing represents restoration, restoration. All right, and number three, uh, clothing represents, oh my good, y'all, y'all really got it today, don't you? It represents righteousness, right? All of this, and all of this, as we talk about new clothes, this is slapped all the way through the Bible because God wants you to see. And look who's talking. God himself, Jesus Christ, is speaking. He knows the word. He is the word. And he's giving them this parable as an illustration of a heavenly truth wanting them to see something, wanting us to see today, because you need a new set of clothes. So this clothing represents favor, the king's favor. It represents restoration, and it also represents righteousness. Are you hearing me? So let's look at some examples. Let's go to Genesis first. I always love going to Genesis. Genesis, the third chapter, verse 21, out of the Amplified Bible says this, Genesis 3, verse 21. It says this, This is, of course, after Adam and Eve fail, right? And it says, for Adam also uh, and for his wife, the Lord God made long coats or tunics of skin and clothed them. This was after Adam and Eve fell. Remember that? What they do first, Adam and Eve, they understood that they were naked. So they made themselves what? Fig leaves, right? They, they sold some fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. This, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So God made them a set of clothes, representing his favor, representing restoration, and representing righteousness. Because in order for God to bring them animal skins, blood had to be shed. It's impossible if it is a living animal for you to take his skin away and not to see blood. Blood was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Amen? Amen. So this representing from the very beginning, favor, restoration. I will restore you, man. You have my favor. I am still with you. I am still with you. Clothing means a lot. And then we can also go uh, to Genesis, the 37th chapter. Genesis 37. Let's look at uh, two verses here. And it says, Now Israel, Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him what? A coat of many colors. And, it, and when his brothers, Brethren, uh, saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren. They hated him and could not speak peaceably about him. Favor. This coat represented favor. Uh, Israel's favor over Joseph. I have favored you over the rest. And when you think about favor, let me give you a very simple definition about favor. Favor is simply the kindness of God. He likes you and he will do stuff for you. His favor. He will open up doors for you that were shut. His favor upon your life. So these clothes represented favor, represents restoration, and it also represents righteousness. Are you hearing me? Well, let's look at another one. And then we all, then we see that in Joseph's life. Then he had favor. Oh boy, everywhere he went. 
You throw him in the pit, he becomes the head of Potiphar's house. You throw him in the prison, he becomes the head of the prison. Out of the prison, favor right up there, the second in command there in Egypt. Favor was all on his life. Restored time and time again. He was righteous. Hallelujah. Let's look at another one. Let's look at, uh, oh, this is very good. Um, Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke 15, verses 21 and 22. You know, this account of the prodigal son. Of the prodigal son or the lost son. He realizes that he is wrong and he makes a speech and he heads back to his father's house. I wonder what will be the sign that he is favored, what will be the sign that he is favored, that he is, has been restored, and that he is now righteous. What would be that sign? Hmm, inquiring minds want to know. Let's see what it was, James. Let's look at this. Uh, Luke 15, verse 21 and 22. It says, And the son said, to his, uh, said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy uh, to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, what? Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The very first thing that he does is give him a new set of clothes. Are you hearing? It's everything. It's everything. And if we go to the very last book of the Bible, it is also there. Let's go to Revelation, Revelation 19, Revelation 19. Let's look at a a few verses here, verse number six through number eight. And it says here, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come. Somebody sing some parallels that Jesus is also doing. Hallelujah. For the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife, that is the church, have made herself ready, which means that we have not always been ready. We had to have a change. His wife has made herself ready, verse 8, and to her was granted or furnished that she should be arrayed. The word arrayed also means to clothe. That she should be clothed or arrayed in fine linen, white and rather clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So even when you close your eyes here for the last time, and you're there with the Lord, you're going to have a new set of. So you say, what does this, what does it mean? Let's go back now to um, Matthew 22. Let me bring this thing on home now. You're still with me. Matthew 22. Let's go back to the wedding feast. Matthew 22, verse 11, it says, and when the king came to see the guests, He saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Look at his response, verse number 11, verse 12. He says, and he said unto him, friend, I love that. Friend. Friend, how camest thou in here? How did you get in here? Not having a wedding garment, because it was provided for everybody. How'd you get in here not having a wedding garment? And he was one speechless. 
He gave him the opportunity to explain it to me. Did somebody jump in front of you at the hairdo line? Did we not have your proper size? Please explain it to me. Explain it to me. Are you hearing me? So here's the the question. Why didn't this man change? Why didn't this man change like everybody else? Maybe because he was rich. They got both the bad and the Maybe because he was rich and he thought, well, hey, the clothes I'm wearing now, you know, I was on the way <laughs> to a board meeting. and uh, all right. All right. <laughs> They caught him stand on the way to a meeting. <laughs> he was in his $300 or $3,000 Armani suit. He was fine and fly. His hair was uh, fried, dyed, and laid to the side. He was already good. So when he got to the wedding, he thought, well, hey, my nails are already done. I don't have need to change. Maybe he wasn't one of the ones who was on the side of the road who was, uh, you know, deprived. I'm not like them. Uh, You know, you don't have to clean me up. Uh, My teeth have been brushed this morning. I go to the hair cuttery place every other week. I'm good. Just like I am. Maybe he thought, I don't need to change. I don't need to change. I'm not like him over there. I'm not a wino. I I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm, I'm good like I am. So you should receive me just the way I am. That's why I didn't change, King because you should have received me. I wanted somebody to sing this. Because as the Lord is saying this, one of his main audiences are the scribes and the Pharisees in the the place. Those that already said, I'm good. Are you hearing me? I'm good. So maybe he thought that the king would approve of his garment. That's why he didn't change. Or, Or maybe he just thought again, I don't need to change. Let's look at Jesus' thoughts concerning this as we close out. Let's go to Luke 18. Luke 18, verse number 9. You can write that down if you like. As the Lord is about to explain another parable also aimed at these religious folk. Look at verse number 9. It says, And he spake uh, spake this parable unto certain which trusted in who? Which trusted in who? that trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Oh, we got it, Lord. We got it. Let's look at Romans 3. Romans 3, verses 10, 11, and 12. Write that down. Romans 3, verses 10, 11, 12. Look at this. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. It's impossible to do good without God because God is good. 
How are you going to do good without God when God is good? There is none that does good. He's talking about that. How can you, being self-righteous in your own estimation, that you are right? Now, why, why would they say that? Because of what they were doing. Hey, God must like me because I come to church. I read my Bible. I pray a little bit. Hey, I give tithe and offering. Hey, I try to help people cross the street when I get a chance, unless the car is coming. God understands. I try to push my buggy when I go to the store. I try to push it back up to the front. Hey, I'm a good person. God surely is going to accept me. Somebody say self-righteous. That's when you think you're good based on your own estimation. You point to your standard of goodness based on what you've done. By the same token, many people think that they are in relationship with Jesus because they prayed a prayer. Mm. How do you know you're saved? Well, I asked the Lord in my life, but you're still living like a demon. Amen, 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 amen. What? How do you know whether you're saved? Well, I joined the church when I was five years old. I can't see any Christ in you. Mm. There's no fruit on your tree. You say you're an apple tree, and all I see is pine cones. <laughs> Something's not matching up here. Amen, amen, amen. You believe that you're saved because you prayed a prayer. You believe you're saved because you've done this or done that. Listen, to that. you believe you're saved because of what you have done. And that has nothing to do with what he's done. If you say you're saved, your salvation should point to Christ. I believe I am saved because of what Jesus Christ has done. I have believed in him. He is in my heart. And now the fruit of Christ begins to grow in you. The love of God begins to grow. The joy, the peace of God begins to grow. And listen, one of the greatest indicators of being in relationship with him is that you, you know that you can no longer live without him. He said, I can't live without him. If I were to offer certain people, uh, if I were to offer them $10 billion, and you can live wherever you want to on this planet, $10 billion and have all the people around you that you want, have all the pleasures that this life can offer you, there's only one condition. You've got to have it without Jesus. You have to leave him behind. How many would accept that? I'm not talking about how many people in the world, how many people within the church would accept that. You say, well, pastor, that's pretty far-fetched. I can have the world, but no, Jesus, pretty far-fetched. Have you not heard of the mark of the beast? Who will also offer you all the world, but you must deny Jesus. Oh, he said, I'll never take that. I'll never do it. You're not putting that mark on me, buddy. You're not putting, you're going with it. Go on with that mark. Go on with it. You ain't putting that in me. Go on now. Go on. Go on now. You ain't, you ain't doing that to me. Hallelujah. The devil say, well, I'm going to cut off your internet access. You won't have your, no Facebook? You want me to pay your cable bill? No TV? (laughs) 
Jesus, you understand, right? I'll keep you right here in my heart while I go over here. Okay, stamp it right here. Don't, no, a little bit lower than that. Yeah, yeah, right there. Right there, yeah. Are you hearing? Amen. So let's not be, let's not be deceived. Are you hearing? Amen. Let's look at this one more here. Romans 10, chapter. Look at Romans 10, verses 1 through 3. And this is Paul's prayer here as he talks about, as he talks about Israel at this particular point. Romans 10, verse 1 through 3 says this, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Look at verse number 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Say, yeah, we've heard of Jesus, but we don't receive him as Messiah. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah, I know what the Bible says. Yeah, but you know, me and Jesus got our own thing. I know it. I know it. I know what the Bible says, but you know what? My relationship, you know, my job, you know what? My money, Jesus understands. So I think I'm going to stay right where I am with what I have on. And when he comes to inspect me and, and, and look at me and you, you know, well, I know he's going to choose me because I know he receives American Express. So we're good. I know he'll take credit. I know I'm good because I have a record of doing good things. So he'll receive me. Are you hearing? It doesn't matter how good you think you are. Your goodness, your goodness is not enough. You still need his clothes. You still need him. Still, maybe some uh, simply did, didn't want to change because, you know, they, because of whatever reason, whatever excuse you're going to give. Now, let me tell you this. God doesn't want 99% of you. He wants all of you. You say, well, that's good enough. Well, good. I have, I think there is a bottle back in the back there that has 99% real fruit juice and is 1% poison. Who wants the first sip? No takers? None? There's another bag in the back there. That it's a nice sugar bag. Not Bless you. Bless you all in Jesus' mighty name. There's a nice sugar bag back there that... 99% sugar and only 1% uh, detergent. You can free to use that in your, your drinks to make your Kool-Aid. God doesn't want 99% of you. He wants all of you. Every last part of you. And if there's any part of you that you are holding in reserve, that's sin. I heard one amen in the back there. God wants all of you. Remember, as we said in the very beginning, as we close, 
He took them off the street just as they were. He didn't disqualify them based on what they'd done. He took them right then. The wedding was ready. None of them had time to go back and make themselves ready. They all loaded up in the van. Get in here. Beware the white unmarked vans, they tell me. He said, hey, y'all, the king is having free food, and his son is getting married. Come on. And they said, but look at me. Look at what I'm doing. I'm not ready. The servant said, don't worry about it, dude. The king is paying for everything. He's got you. Just get on board. Somewhere between the street corner and the wedding, they had to change. They had to be washed. They had to be cleansed. Because the king was going to come around and look at them. Let's bring this thing on home. As you go out and you tell people about the goodness of Christ, don't disqualify them. Just put them in your van. And say, come on, he'll take you right where you are. But you don't understand my relationship. So what? Get in the van. Let's go. You don't understand. I'm doing drugs. So what? Get in the van. You don't understand. I got this. I got that. So what? The king's paying for everything. I'm telling you, everything is ready. The food is set. All you got to do is get in here and agree to be changed. Agree to be washed. He'll make you ready. He's paying for everything for your complete makeover. God's about to make you over. And when people look at you, they're going to say, don't you look pretty. You clean up real good. You clean up real good. Yeah, they did it. I went to the Jesus salon and he got me going. Oh, I look good. Jesus know how to fix me up. Can you see that picture? But look at that man that also got in the van. He figured he's fine. Surely the king is going to let me slip. Surely there is no harm in that. Well, let's look down to verse number 13. Go back to Matthew 22, verse 13 in my final closing today. Yeah. Look at this. What did the king think about it? The king says here, he said in verse 13, Matthew 22, verse 13, Then said the king unto the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called. Many got in the van, but few are chosen. Why wasn't he chosen? Because he refused to change. He refused to change. So what should I do? Repent of your sins. Believe the gospel. Believe what Jesus has done for you. 
Believe that God has already paid it all. And remember, now this is not going to be an easy life. Jesus said, if they've done it to me, they're going to do it to you. If you're following someone down the road and you're right behind them and you see them going to bump, rest assured, you're going to go into bumps too. Because you're following right behind them. Right? If you see them slow down, you're going to have to slow down. You're following Jesus Christ. And you cannot tell me that his life was full of roses every day. There were a lot of good days. Then there were a lot of other days. The true test of your Christianity is not how well you navigate this life and have nothing ever happen to you. But it is when you go through those storms with him and how you stick and stay with him. God has given you, if you've received him, truly received Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he has favored you. He has restored you. He has made you righteous. Now it's time for us to grow in our relationship with him. So today I'll give you the opportunity If your life is without Christ, it's without Jesus. If you could take him or leave him, if his word does not spark anything in you, there's something about when you're in love with somebody, they could walk in the room and, when you love somebody, you think about them all the time. When you love someone, You say, well, I know Jesus. Do you love him? There's something wrong with that. Remember, you can give to people without loving them, but it's impossible to love love someone without giving to them. If you love him, you'll give. We won't have to command you or beg you or beat you or prod you. If somebody's got to do that to you to get you, you say, Pastor, I'll go and kiss your wife. I command you, kiss your wife. I'm going to counter prod you if you don't do it. You say, well, there's something wrong with that relationship. If that's the only way that she could receive affection from me with someone forcing me, putting my hand behind, go ahead and do it, go ahead and do it, go ahead and do it, go ahead, go ahead. If that's the only way that you, and you say you love, something's bad wrong. If you love, it should be just flowing out. It should flow out. So today I'll give you an opportunity. You say, I don't know Christ Jesus. Well, today we can start with this prayer. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that as your people are here watching today and those that are listening and watching later on, Father, if they have not received you as Lord and Savior of their life, if they have not received Jesus, I pray today, Lord, today that their heart will be pricked, that they would see their need for you, that they would see that they need to repent and that they need to have a change of clothes And Father, I pray today that your spirit would give them witness, would give them a witness as they open their hearts to you, give them witness that they are children of God, and that you would save them, heal them, deliver them, and that this moment would not pass until they give you their complete life. Bless your people, Father, today I pray. 
Give them the witness of your spirit and draw them into a deeper, intimate walk with you. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.